Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. Today, we're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry, along with some of our own considerations. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, please enjoy today's program. The Apostle Paul reached the highest peak in his letter to young Timothy when he wrote at the end of chapter 3, Confessedly great is the mystery of godliness, he who was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Surely godliness is a great mystery, but in Christ this mystery becomes manifest. Following this marvelous revelation to Timothy, Paul goes on to warn him of the degradation that was about to befall the church. And then Paul gives Timothy a direct and personal exhortation with some very clear speaking that would equip Timothy to be a genuine minister of the New Testament economy. In chapter 4, verse 6, he says, If you lay these things before the brothers, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, being nourished with the words of the faith and of the good teaching which you have closely followed. And here to help us closely follow the good teaching today, Bob Danker has joined us. Good to have you, Bob. A good program, I think, today. I look forward to it very much, Chris. Bob, maybe say a little bit of an introductory word here about the context of the verses we're going to look at in chapter 4. Yes, uh, as you mentioned, Chris, Paul ended chapter 3 on a very high note, uh, speaking about the great mystery of godliness, which is nothing less than God himself manifested in the flesh. And this refers not only to Christ, who is God manifested in the flesh, but also to the church, which is the continuation of Christ, even the enlargement of Christ, mm -hmm. as the manifestation of God in the flesh. Then, he does give a word of warning at the beginning of chapter 4 that there would be a time of decline coming in in the church, and this would be due to the speaking of certain men yeah. uh, who had, had departed from the proper teaching that was according to God's New Testament economy. So now, in the verses that we are picking up in this broadcast, Paul encourages, even exhorts Timothy, in contrast to these men who spoke unhealthy words that brought in the degradation of the church. He charged Timothy to be a good minister of Christ, yeah. to be nourished with the words of the faith, the proper words, the teachings that came from the New Testament apostles concerning God's New Testament economy. Uh, excellent introduction. I think that uh, you know gives us a good backdrop from which to begin today. In the program we did yesterday, where we really talked about the warning that you just mentioned in at the beginning of chapter four, we saw Witness Lee put a lot of emphasis on the short three-letter word that begins the chapter, the word "but," meaning a, a contrast is about to be presented, and it was a strong contrast. Today, as we begin, we're going to look at another very short word. This time, a two-letter word, the word "of," which uh, is in the verse I just read a moment ago. 
that Timothy would be a good minister of Christ Jesus. And as we saw yesterday and we'll see again today, oftentimes these little words, Bob, conjunctions and uh, articles can be very significant in really unveiling the riches, can't they? We have to pay attention to every word, especially the short ones. All right, let's do that. And here's Witness Lee with our first segment. When Paul says, a good minister of Christ, no doubt it implies that this minister belongs to Christ and this minister teaches, preaches things concerning Christ, uh, serving Christ, right? But we must get into the depths of this term. It means one who serves people with Christ, who ministers Christ to others. Just like a steward serving people with the meal, with uh, the steak, spaghetti, he serves you with all these things. And this is the right meaning. You may ask me, brotherly, how could you prove it? Well, let us read verse 6. Laying these things before the brothers. Of course, all the things in the two and a half foregoing chapters, right? You have to lay, lay all the things before the brothers. There's a table, dining table. I lay all the dishes here before you. If you do this, you will be a good minister of Christ. Read on. Being nourished. The word nourished here indicates a lot. Paul doesn't use the word being taught by me, but being nourished. Being nourished with the words of the faith. So, dear brothers and sisters, we all have to be one, ministering Christ to others. But, firstly, we have to be nourished. You must be nourished with Christ. Then you have Christ as a kind of food that you may minister to others. So, this word, being nourished, is a strong ground for me to tell you. To be a good minister of Christ is not just to teach people concerning Christ. In your teaching, there must be a kind of a ministering of Christ into people as food. After listening to your message, people must be able to testify. I am nourished. Here again, Bob, a classic example of Witness Lee taking language that we would just skim over and be quite assured that we have a good understanding and really challenges us uh, to examine our understanding and see if it matches what's being presented. These words of a minister of Christ and linking it with the word being nourished ourselves really sets this uh, verse in another category altogether, doesn't it? It really does, and it also gives us the way to know what the proper teaching is. The proper teaching is not just conveying to us some kind of knowledge 
from the Bible. The proper teaching is that which ministers Christ as the very element that is yeah. intrinsic element of that teaching. And after we receive this teaching, we do have the inward sense that we have been nourished. Something of Christ has been ministered, dispensed into us through this teaching. Yes, it's teaching. Right. But the essence of the teaching is not information. Like the teaching in a classroom in a university, for instance, which only conveys knowledge mm -hmm. about certain things. Right. But the teaching that we see in the New Testament especially is a teaching that conveys Christ himself as a nourishing element to nourish our inner man. He uh, almost throws down a gauntlet here at the end to all the ministers, to all the teachers. Those who have been under your teaching, under your ministry, can they say, when you're finished speaking, can those hearers say, I am nourished? That's a real test, isn't it, Bob? That, I would say, is the test. I remember a story uh, told about Watchman Nee and Emmy Barber. She would yeah. take him to listen to all kinds of speakers. At the end of the speaking, Watchman Nee would admire and remark how wonderful it was. And then Emmy Barber's comment was, no life. That means no nourishment. No nourishment. So there was a kind of a, a feeling within that there was no nourishing element conveyed. So this should be a test of our teaching and of any teaching that we are under and we are receiving. Does it nourish our inner man with Christ as the real spiritual food? A minister here, of course, refers not to a professional clergyman or to a, a Christian of a, a certain higher class than other Christians, but a minister here refers to every believer. Every believer needs to be a minister of Christ. A point that we'll come to a little later on, but maybe we'll just take a, a moment to uh, link it here. I think it's appropriate. This ability or this capacity as a minister of the New Covenant to be able to nourish others is contingent in Paul's presentation here on the fact that you must or we must, Timothy must, first be nourished himself. Why don't you say something about this? Well, of course. So this nourishing that's in our teaching has to come out from us. It has to come out from our very being. So our being needs to be constituted with the nourishing element of Christ through the proper New Testament teachings. Then we simply present or we lay these nourishing foodstuffs, so yeah. to speak, before the brothers. We simply present them. We don't invent anything. We simply uh, become eaters and digesters, enjoyers ourselves of the proper New Testament teaching, and then we present it to the others, and they are nourished uh, with what we have been nourished with. Mm. I think a good picture uh, would be a nursing mother, uh, one who better first take care of her own nourishment before she dare try to become the source of supply for her uh, her offspring. Excellent example. All right, why don't we go back to Witness Lee. I want to pick up this verse once again. Uh, this portion of it, at least, in chapter 4, verse 6, being nourished with the words of the faith and of the good teaching which you have closely followed. Here again is Witness Lee. Let me testify to you, throughout the years, I believe in every message, I did exercise my spirit. Not just pass on knowledge to you, but while passing on knowledge to you, I like to nourish you. Yeah. I like to minister 
some food. That's the riches of Christ that you may be nourished. And here we do have a pattern. And the pattern is not only the Apostle Paul, but also Timothy. I don't think there could be ever another one like Paul who wrote such wonderful, marvelous, amazing writings, laying these things before the brothers. Of course, you need to get into all these things. You have to eat all these things. You have to digest all these things. You have to assimilate all the things into your entire being. Then you can, one by one, lay these things to the brothers. Maya, if every time, everywhere, you lay the things before the saints, you just consider what wonderful church life there will be. First of all, you have to be nourished, being nourished with the word of the faith. The faith is the economy of God. You must know what is the economy of God. The economy of God is not the big image in Daniel 2. It's not the four beasts in Daniel 7. Don't touch those things. You must touch Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, Philippians. Touch all these things. God's New Testament dispensation. You have to be nourished with all these words. Then you know how to feed others. You mothers do know what kind of food is the best for you to feed your children. Not just by learning, but by tasting, right? By experience. So firstly, be nourished. Bob, let me um, assume the role here of devil's advocate for a minute, if I can, because I could just hear maybe some uh, voices uh, speaking out as they were listening to Witness Lee saying, wait a minute, he's saying not to spend uh, too much time on the, the prophecies, the things in Daniel and Revelation that are of such great interest to us, but focus on some of these other things. Yet we're told, even in Timothy, that all scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching. Why is he uh, really trying to focus us toward one portion of the word here as opposed to some of the other portions? Well, I think Brother Lee has this kind of a ability when he's handling or dealing with God's word like this mother that was mentioned at the end of his speaking, yeah. who knows what is good for her children by first tasting the food. So I would say Witness Lee has tasted all the portions of the Bible, including the words of prophecy in the book of Daniel and other books, Yes, about the four sections of the great image and mm-hmm. the four beasts in Daniel 7. He's tasted this portion of the word, and he's tasted all the other parts of the scriptures, and he realizes by tasting that those portions of the word that deal with God's economy, the very economy of God, are the most nourishing. So it's not as if we should pay no attention to the prophecies, but the most nourishing portions are those that relate to God's eternal plan to become a man, die on the cross for our sins, resurrect from the dead and become the life-giving spirit, then to dispense himself into our being, to enter into us, to impart himself into all the parts of our being, to make us the same as he is. These things related to God's economy, which 
are the most nourishing for the believers. So I believe Brother Lee is the best mother, <laughs> uh, having tasted the words of the Bible and having the discernment to know what is good to feed others, what really does nourish the believers. And in fact, through the course of the 21-year life study that uh, we are condensing in these radio programs, he touched all the portions of all the books in the Bible. And we had a number of marvelous programs, uh, even that we presented on Daniel on these very matters. But I would say from my experience of being under his ministry when he was still with us and my experience in the preparation of these programs over the years, even when touching these matters of prophecy and some of these uh, things that could be considered as tangential, he always had the way to bring us back to God's economy, no matter what part of the word he was handling, didn't he? That's right, Chris. This is the hallmark, I would say, of the ministry of Witness Lee. No matter what portion of the Bible he is expounding or ministering from, he always ministers in the context of God's eternal economy. That makes every section of the Bible right. uh, good for food, good to nourish our inner man. Bob, let's go on to our final portion today. In addition to uh, Paul's words to Timothy to lay before the brothers these things and then encouraging him personally to be nourished with the words of the faith, he says, but the profane and old womanish myths refuse and exercise yourself unto godliness. For bodily exercise is profitable for a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the present life and of that which is to come. And later in the chapter, he goes on, practice these things, be in them, that your progress may be manifest to all. Take heed to yourself and to your teaching. Continue in these things. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Boy, this is really the master with the student, isn't it, Bob? Exactly. <laughs> and we have that same experience now, just before us, as we can join Witness Lee for the last section. The first point is to be a good minister of Christ. And the second point is to be nourished with the word of the faith. And with the word which you have closely followed. Then, thirdly, it is in verse 7. And exercise yourself unto godliness. To do this, you have to uh, refuse the profane and old womanish tales. When you go to today's Sunday service, sometimes you hear the profane talks. Politics, education, how to make money, how to make a success in your business. This is profane talk. The best, you just would hear the old woman tales. Then you do what? You exercise yourself. Of course, this exercise must be in and by your spirit. With the indwelling spirit. Exercise in Greek is gymnastics. You know, among the Greeks... They exercise themselves into what? Into certain kind of gains by their physical body. But we should exercise ourselves into godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness, and that is God 
manifested in the flesh. We have to exercise ourselves into this goal, into the expressing of God, not by our physical body, but by our spirit. Exercise yourself to this. Forget about all those worldly talks, those womanly tales among the Christians. The most important thing is to exercise ourselves to Godliness. Within, we have the nourishment. Without, we have the Godliness. Inside, we are nourishing ourselves with Christ. Outside, we are expressing God. We must have such a life with such a living. We must have such a testimony. Bob, if you were a trainer and you were training a great athlete, the first thing you'd focus on, obviously, is his nourishment, his diet. And then the next thing you would focus on is his exercise routine and regimen. This is marvelous, isn't it? It really is. Paul's word to Timothy here is that a certain kind of exercise is needed in order to have a godly living, a living that actually expresses God. This is godliness, God manifested in the flesh. And the only kind of teaching or word that can nourish us inwardly with Christ that will allow us and enable us to live such a godly life is the proper nourishing words of the faith, the words of God's New Testament economy. Everything else Paul said to Timothy, you have to refuse. In a sense, there is a kind of a exercise to reject those teachings which Paul calls old womanish tales, some kind of teaching that includes politics, uh, education, and even this matter of material prosperity. Uh, This kind of teaching does not nourish us inwardly with Christ, and it cannot produce a godly, God-expressing living. Only the proper teaching, according to God's economy, can nourish us and energize us to live a godly life. And this requires us to exercise ourselves, exercise especially our spirit, so that we can live and walk according to the divine spirit, the spirit of God who is mingled with our spirit, so that we live out God himself and express God. There's there's a real exercise here, like an athlete exercising himself to excel in the Olympic Games. This is not a casual matter. It requires a great deal of exercise of our entire being. I like the way you put that at the end. This is not a casual matter. Obviously, Paul's uh, dealing here with Timothy. This is not just a teacher and student. This is one who has given himself to pursue Christ at the cost of everything else, and he is really training up Timothy as one who would follow in his pattern here, isn't he? That's right, Chris. And Paul is very clear that The ultimate goal of our Christian life and of our church life should be the very expression of God. Man was created to express God, to manifest God. And this is the highest kind of attainment we can have. Not to make a lot of money, to have a material success, to have a high education, or anything in the physical realm. The highest thing that we can do in our, as a Christian, is to live Christ to manifest God and only the proper teachings that nourish us can enable us 
to do this. Bob, don't you find in your own experience, we just have a moment left, that when your own aspiration to obtain this kind of goal seems to be waning, that the key ingredient for its vitality and its restoration is the nourishment. Exactly, Chris. We need to come back to the basic thing of feeding ourselves with the riches of Christ in the proper New Testament teaching that is according to God's economy. Wow. That's well, really the focus of this book, and I think as we may have said in the first program of uh, the Life Study of Timothy, it's, it's really the focus of uh, the entire ministry of Witness Lee, and we believe the focus of the whole Bible. Absolutely, Chris. Always good to have you, Bob. Come again very soon. It's a pleasure. Well, we invite you to uh, contact us. Uh, our toll-free number uh, is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And if you contact us, we can uh, make sure that you get the printed Life Study of First and Second Timothy, Titus, and Philemon. That's just one volume with all four books covered. So I've discharged that responsibility. Bob, I've invited you back, so I think there's nothing left to say. But for Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.